Greetings, detective. Welcome to the Murder Mystery Company and our new free service, Calm Mystery. We know that many of you need that calm and centered moment, but meditation isn't necessarily your thing. If you're a mystery lover, a crime fan, and could use a break, you've come to the right place. It sure is a suspenseful world out there, but I have good news for you. In this world, the only suspense will come from the world's best writers. For the next few minutes, we're going to close the door on the outside world. First, find a comfortable chair, sofa, or bed. Take a moment to just relax into that spot. Let your body sink in, slowly releasing the day's tension. Just relax. You've earned this time. You need this time for you. Your body will thank you. Now let's take a moment to clear your mind. I want you to focus on two things. My voice and your breathing. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Let it out slowly through your mouth. Now the same thing, but let's breathe on my count. Three counts in and four counts out. Breathe in one, two, three. Now out one, two, three, four. As we do this, you're going to slowly relax more and be perfectly ready for tonight's dastardly tale. Now again, breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. One more time, breathing out the last bit of stress. Breathe in, one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. Excellent. Tonight's tale of mystery, intrigue, and murder is truly spine-tingling. Welcome to Calm Mystery. This installment, Quarry, Part 1, by Perry F. Bruns, read by the author. I wonder if you will join me by the fire, said Patient One. Dragonfly was a young man, barely an adult at all, but he knew well enough it wasn't a question. He sat at a respectful distance. Patient One was the Prime Elder, and had earned the village's respect many times over. He didn't do it by having to give commands. He did it by quietly making his will inevitable, as Dragonfly knew he was about to do now. My daughter is of age to wed, but it seems as though she is only doing so out of a sense of obligation. 
I feel some concern that she is being courted in secret. Is she not set to wed the hunt leader Arrowhead? Dragonfly asked. Yes. She had promised to build a home with him during the harvest, but lately she seems more resigned to it. She will, of course, be faithful to him once wed. They will produce many heirs. Patient One frowned. His weathered, wrinkled face gave a rare display of emotion, and Dragonfly found it unpleasant. You were given the staff of the wise despite your youth, because you seemed to bear the promise that you would exceed even your grandfather's great intellect. Now would be an excellent time to prove it. The disappointment in Patient One's gray eyes stung more than the rebuke. You wish to know who she really wants to prevent future strife, Dragonfly said. Mercifully, the Prime Elder's face lightened, but barely. The young man should have understood faster. Learn who she really wants, said the old man. I will not punish her for following her heart. I just don't want what we've built here torn down by secrets. Dragonfly suddenly felt as though Patient One was looking sidewise at him, and let his face fall into the neutral expression he had seen his father wear his whole life, and which he had practiced for almost as long. Staring at his reflection in the creek surface when he thought nobody was looking, he nodded. Some time passed as they contemplated the fire together. At least, patient one seemed to contemplate it. Dragonfly simply tried to act as though he were doing so as well. Finally, patient one broke the silence, saying, I am sure a young wise villager such as yourself has more productive things to do than staring into the flames with an elder. Dragonfly smiled at the dismissal, phrased as self-effacement. I regret that this is so, Prime Elder. With your permission? He wasn't entirely sure, but he thought Patient One gave him just the hint of a smile, along with the nod of assent. He found sunrise shortly before nightfall in the old stone ruins. Over the past few years, the villagers had begun crafting new buildings, but they hadn't replaced the old, because the elders had correctly reasoned that they could gather information from studying them. Sunrise spoke first. I presume you're here because my father wants to know who is courting me. Then she embraced him. Dragonfly tensed, then relaxed into her arms as he often had, and nodded. It is a remarkably tailored test of my talent. Do you think he knows? He is your father, he said. Have you let on that you're aware of that? It didn't seem wise. Sunrise laughed softly in his arms, so much so that Dragonfly felt it more than heard it. And this is? Not even a little bit. But maybe I'm not ready to stop being a fool just yet. And neither am I. 
and so they enjoyed the foolishness for another night. As the sun rose, sunrise had already risen and gone. Dragonfly knew, but reached for her one more time anyway. He took the long way back to the village, stopping by the creek to refresh himself. He returned, blending in easily with his people, greeting them as they passed in their daily routines. Occasionally one or another favored him with a certain kind of smile that gave him pause. Who knew? The sun hadn't gotten to the middle of its trip to the top of the sky when he stopped by the dining pavilion at a corner of the crossroads in the center of town. Once a haphazard-looking mix of hastily built furniture and covered with worn-out cloth shades and heavy sun or rain, it now bore the legacy of tens of generations of care, with comfortable wood benches and stone tables beneath sturdy water-treated awnings. He sat at the counter in his favorite spot, the soft green cushion giving him less comfort than usual. The proprietor, an angular woman called Sharp Ears, glided up to him. "'You look like you could use a meal,' she said. "'They should call you Sharp Eyes as well,' he answered, trying for light banter and managing glum sarcasm. "'I do use all my senses,' she agreed, deliberately deflecting any implied offense. Seemingly ageless, Sharp Ears had made friends of every villager, because she knew the people's feelings were more sensitive than her hearing. "'Perhaps I can bring you breakfast and something to drink, and you can relax,' he smiled with relief. "'That would be very pleasing.' The pavilion was deserted but for the two of them and her two cooks. Everyone else was tending to their day's labors. As she lay a platter of flatbreads and a bowl of porridge mixed with eggs in front of him, he relaxed. Then she poured him a mug of her coffee. He gratefully inhaled the aroma. As he ate, she polished the smooth stone counter, standing across from him. Early morning? he finally asked between mouthfuls. Very busy night, she countered, unable to hold back a faint smirk. Not uneventful, he admitted. He sat for a moment, enjoying the meal, but unhappy with the silence. Who else do you think knows? Sharp ears shrugged. I have seen our village grow very quickly, even over my short lifetime, she said. But it is still not an easy place to keep a secret. He sipped at his coffee, trying to act contemplative. Perhaps to the unobservant he succeeded. He took in its aroma again. Fragrant and slightly bitter. Perfect. At last he spoke. Does Arrowhead know? Arrowhead was the hunt leader, responsible for bringing back various wild game to the village. Hunters of the village had to be smart, strong, fast, clever, and adaptable. They also played a key role in defending the villagers from threats 
and training others to help. As such, they held positions of honor, and as the society evolved, had grown less willing to take offenses lightly, particularly Arrowhead. When the hunt leader returned from this season's hunt, Dragonfly's time with Sunrise, even in secret, would be over. While couples often made very flexible sleeping arrangements, Arrowhead had shown very little evidence of that particular kind of adaptability. If he doesn't, he will, she warned. Are you in a mood for advice? All I can get, he admitted. Make a show of asking around. Let it be obvious that you wish to find the interloper. Act as though what everyone knows is wrong. In other words, thoroughly investigate to find the answer everyone knows. Who knows? <laughs> there might be another. <laughs> she chuckled, a slightly raspy but sweet sound. What happens if there is, and it's also me? And you catch yourself? They both laughed. I should have caught myself months ago. Thus fortified with food and counsel, Dragonfly set about quietly questioning his fellow villagers over the next few days, careful to remain deadly serious the whole time, even as his friends and extended family occasionally burst out laughing at the absurd situation. A wise man investigating himself for adultery. In fairness, while such indiscretions weren't even considered a minor violation of village law, much less taboo, those involved normally conducted themselves with somewhat more discretion, especially if one such as Arrowhead was concerned. Dragonfly had to tread carefully. One evening, after yet another day of going through the motions, he was walking by the meeting house on the way to his hut, when he glimpsed Patient One through the doorway, seated as he always was, facing the fire. It was said his consciousness was so serene that he could stand in the fire and not burn. It was his element, and even if the tale was a metaphor, Dragonfly envied him. The old man quirked his head at the younger one, the least possible movement to so clearly beckon him over. "'Sit,' the Prime Elder said, tersely, as Dragonfly entered as bid. Dragonfly sat. He'd never heard Patient One use that tone in his life. "'I have been doing as you asked,' he started, and Patient One cut him off. Also a first. "'Yes, I clearly asked you to fill our village with unintentional mirth,' said the old man, his normally smooth, slow cadence now falling like raindrops. "'But the laughter is nervous.' You are a wise one who doesn't understand the purpose of using one's mind. How can you investigate yourself by questioning others? It is fine to be clever, but your cleverness must serve some purpose. He paused, 
seemingly gathering himself up, and continued. More slowly, and more kindly. I think you have it in you to someday be the wisest of us. But I see that I should have set you on a path instead of hinting at it. However, time grows short, and while I can be patient, time will not. Neither, I fear, will Arrowhead. In ten days' time, the hunt will return. I hope it will be in triumph. That might give you a few more moments for Arrowhead to remember his place in the village and whom he grew up with before he finds out what everyone knows now and comes to confront you. He has many more seasons of the hunt to come, and then many more reasons to teach the hunt to our young. You have many more seasons to refine yourself and help the village, our society, make better decisions. Both outcomes rely on you using your mind properly right now. You've made a mistake. Everyone does. You must recover from it. Find a graceful way to restore harmony. He turned a stick over in the fire, watching the shape of the flame change almost imperceptibly. After a long moment of silence, he seemed once more the serene voice of reason everyone relied on. I am given to understand that you sometimes spend time in quiet contemplation under the tree overlooking the rock pit. Perhaps you will find someone there who can help you find your way. Patient One looked back into the fire and did not look up for some time. This sent the intended message to Dragonfly. Patient One had said all he had needed and all he would. Dragonfly departed. At the rock pit, he saw a glimpse of the serenity he sought. The massive, ancient oak stood broad, tall, and strong over the rocky valley. The grassy hillock on which it grew, a verdant contrast to the red, brown, and gray boulders from which they would someday shape a city. He looked, as he often did, at the elaborate framework of ropes, pulleys, slings, and other tools the village had started to use to reap the stone from the earth. He smelled lilacs just before she spoke. Sunrise. Father found you, I see, she lilted, hanging playfully from a branch of the tree. Dragonfly's heart had always leapt into his throat when she spoke to him before. Now, though, it sank into his belly. I may have ruined this village, he said. She dropped silently to the grass. No, we may have ruined it. But if we come up with a plan, we can fix it before it becomes a problem. All this stone can't rebuild Arrowhead's trust, he lamented. 
You need to find a way to force him to stop long enough to let us make amends. You're right, of course, he said. He went to join her under the tree. I feel as though I am only a step or two away from bringing everything together. And then tripped over something in the grass, instinctively rolling and sprawling flat on his back. What? Sunrise giggled. Maybe you've just stumbled on the solution you need. Dragonfly groaned at the wordplay and hoisted himself into a sitting position, unscathed except for his pride. What had he tripped over? He looked back. There was a tiny piece of granite poking out of the soil. He brushed the dirt away, but the more he scooped away, the more stone revealed itself. Until at last, after some minutes, he'd uncovered a massive round sheet of rock atop a ring of large bricks expertly cemented together. Is this a capstone of some kind? he wondered aloud. To a well, she agreed. Much like the one in the larger farming village a few leagues away, except this one is likely dead if it's been capped off like this. He shrugged. Well, at least I didn't fall in. They looked at each other. I think we may have a solution, he said. That's the end of part one of Quarry. Join us again to find out if Dragonfly can use his intellect to build a way out of his predicament. Next time on Calm Mystery. Thank you for listening to Calm Mystery, a Murder Mystery Company production. To solve your own case with us, visit MurderMysteryZoomParty.com, all one word, and use code CALM, C-A-L-M, for $20 off your own murder mystery party. We have dozens of entertaining detectives. You can even ask for me, Perry, by name. If no one else can help, and if they can find me, maybe I can help you become Detective of the Night. That's MurderMysteryZoomParty.com, all one word, code CALM.